Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Chris. How are you? Howard, how are you? Can't complain. I know you're you hooked up into um, into pro football, but uh, I was um, impressed with um, on the college front last week uh, the way that Alabama had a fight for their lives to stay in the game and finally win it at the end. No, oh, there's no question about it. Uh, they they didn't have their best stuff. You know, they have. Um, really struggled on the offensive line. I think as they've opened up their offense, they've become a little bit more finesse and they're trying to develop receivers, couldn't get open, but they found a way to win. They've got a quarterback that obviously gives them a great chance to do that. Yeah, he's, um, he's he is, he could win, go back to back winning the big trophy. But uh, look, I, I think Nick Saban, uh, when you, when you look down the great coaches in the history of the game, you got to start and stop with Saban. And considering Alabama, and they had the great Paul Bear Bryant, but he, the old guys even would have to admit that Saban's had a more productive career. Would you agree? Well, I do. I think it's tougher to win today because it's more evenly dispersed. I think, um, you know, there's a lot more competition. There's a lot more distractions. You're dealing with players that want to know why, and you know, when, you know, Bear Bryant spoke. The players were scared of him and jumped at him. It's a different world. Um, I think everything from dealing with players in the modern era, um, dealing with scholarship limitations, most of Bear Bryant's career was he could go and recruit 25 running backs in a year. He didn't even know if a guy could play. He just kept him from Mississippi State. or you know, and, and you've got you know, only 25 scholarships now to offer a year. Uh, but now you have the transfer reporter you can go at. So it's different, no question. I think it's tougher. Um, you know, I'm a little prejudiced in that. You know, I come from that Bill Belichick, you know, Parcells, Prelichek tree in which Saban was a part of. And we we coached together and recommended him to, to go to, to get the job at LSU and to go to LSU. So I, I think he's special. I think he always has been. And he gets the best players, but he also – develops them better than anybody else so I, I think he's he's as good as we've ever seen in the in the college game no doubt and i think he would have had some success in the nfl had he stayed i often wonder if he had been allowed to sign drew Brees uh because medically they you know they rejected him in fact the guy that did the operation dr james andrews a big time alabama guy mm-hmm. said that drew Brees is look he's is we'll never be the same. We'll never throw it that way again. That's the the elite doctor in, in you know, if, if he had uh, done that, he probably, uh, you know, well, I don't know what would have happened, but he pro- I know he wouldn't have left for Alabama at that point. They would have been a different story, I think. Although his wife, Terry, really wanted to get uh, back into the college game. She likes being kind of the, the first lady of, uh, of Louisiana or Alabama in the college football realm. 
Uh, the only time that you care about what a doctor says is if a doctor, if you're on the operating table and the doctor goes, whoops, then you've got to be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, and, and that many times, have you ever heard a doctor, you know, how'd the surgery go? Well, it's, oh, it's great, it's doing good. You know, you, you never hear a doctor say, oh, God, it was the worst one I've ever had. <laughs> you know, I, the wife and I went out to dinner last night. I had couple of you know extra bottles uh, glasses of wine I, I think that affected my my, my equilibrium I, I didn't do a really good job on that surgery i that poor sap might make it but i don't know you, you never hear that type of comment you know it's always it's always oh it went well went, went great tonight in the national football league you got a beauty um i mean i think the first team to 50 wins uh, you got the Chargers, you got the Chiefs, could could see a lot of points scored in the game. Mahomes comes off the game where he was awesome in humiliating Arizona with five touchdown passes. And Justin Herbert uh, with a victory as well, and he was very solid. He won't have Keenan Allen, which is a big loss, but I expect a lot of points to go on the board tonight. Well, you would expect that there would be, and I'm curious to see with that as the case is what defense is going to be able to step up and get a few stops because that's that's often what it takes in games like this is can you make a stop here or there that can make a difference and like i think the chargers maybe are in a little bit better shape for that at this point but uh, i'm curious to see how that plays out and if that indeed is the case if there was a surprise you could put a couple of them up for the nomination uh the way the steelers handled the bengals last uh, week uh, Mitch Trubisky did a solid job, but the Steeler defense was all over uh, was all over Joe Burrow. They sacked him seven times, picked him off four times, and the Bengals just never had a chance. I was surprised at that outcome because I, I, I you know, I wanted to see how Trubisky was going to do against Cincinnati, and I was surprised. Yeah, look, I I was too on how the game played out. But you know, it's funny. They always say pro ball, well, you know, revenge and this and that. They're pros. They're, just, they're, they're like robots. They got handled by the Bengals last year. And they were, I mean, it was kind of one of those things that I look back and all the all the things that they kind of talked about in the offseason, the preseason, now makes some sense. They were focused, heavily focused on and are focused on trying to get back with the Bengals and, and you know, Staying back. I mean, they feel like, hey, look, we they kind of took our mantle of the best team in the division, so on and so forth. Um, you know, so I'm not surprised that they had a good game plan, that they played well. Um, but I was surprised how the game played out. The special teams were awful down the stretch. So there's a lot to be made out of that game. But, uh, you know, credit the Steelers for saying, okay, we, we remember last year, and we're going to work to turn things around this year. We thought that um, the 49ers, of course, would play in a tough division. Uh, both Western, uh, AFC, NFC, both are tough. We thought the 49ers would be a contender. They still very well might be. But losing to the Chicago Bears last week took me by surprise. It did. Uh, I know it was sloppy, but it was sloppy for both sides. It's, you know, it's kind of the way it is. It just kind of accepted. Um I was surprised. I, I do think it's going to be growing pains for Trey Lance. Could be. Uh, I think that, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think anybody that thought this was going to just, hey, start from week one, when does it, I mean, rarely does it ever do that. Uh, and I think he's a work in progress. I don't, I wouldn't give up on him. I think it's, in fact, I think it's foolish for people to be making decisions, but that's what they do today, uh, snap decisions on 
on uh, situations. But this is a good Niner team, and they've got to get the running game going. Uh, they've got to, uh, you know, live with their defense and I think make things easy on the quarterback. And they've got to be really careful that they, because uh, they lost a the game that they probably, you know, shouldn't have lost to a team they shouldn't have lost to. I am curious to see if he struggles. Do they sit him a little bit, put Garoppolo in, and and kind of take it a little slower? I don't know, but I think they're a good team. And obviously, the teams that are really good, that are playoff contenders, that were 0-1 last week, you know, you're 0-2 is... It's not over, but man, it, it you start to get a little bit nervous. You, you go zero and two because zero and two could go into one and three, and you, you're, you're looking at an uphill battle even with the expanded playoffs. He's Chris Landry of ChrisLandryFootball.com. Uh, if there was a bigger surprise than what the Giants did to Tennessee, I, I can't say I can put my finger on it uh, because. I mean, here's, here's Saquon Barkley, who's had his injury problems. He has a huge game, uh, over 160 yards rushing. But I thought the giant, the, uh, the way the Giants defended uh, Derrick Henry, I mean, he averaged less than four yards a carry. I think they did a great job on him. Yeah, they did. They, they, they really played hard. They played well. They played with an aggressive attitude. Um, you know, I like Brian. Brian's a really good coach. I think he came out. Everything he did was kind of to make a statement to his team. I trust you. I believe in you. Let's go get him. Um, a, a lot of positives in that game. I'm curious to see where this leads uh, for the rest of the season for him. They're still undermanned uh, from a talent standpoint, but I think it'll be interesting to see. Well, his decision to go for it, go for two, uh, I'm watching the game, and I said to my wife, he's got nothing to lose. You, if you don't make it, Okay, but if you do make it, you look like a hero. And his, I think what he did is made a statement to his team that I believe in you guys. And I think they took it that way. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's, you know, I believe in you. We're not, gonna, we're not the same Giants as they've been. That's the biggest thing you've got to change when you get into a situation like that. It's just the attitude, the belief that can we win these games. A lot of the NFL games just are close. So it's the ability to make plays in close games. And, and in order to do that, you got to have confidence. In order to have confidence, you got to have success. And I do think there's probably a little bit of the fact that, look, we've played well. Um, you know, we, we might not be the more talented team of the two. We, we've, we are running the risk of they take it into overtime, and then, you know, we, we may not have that chance to win it. In that case, if you feel like your best chance to win the game is on one play as opposed to a series of plays, and I think he thought that, maybe, that it's a way to go. And then you can spin it and sell it as, hey, look, I believe in you guys. That's why we win. And, and look, it's just fake it till you make it. And I think that uh, that was really a good job that he did last, uh, last week. Well, they also dodged a bullet by a missed 47-yard field goal that would have won the game for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, having said that, uh, they have Carolina this week uh, in uh, at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands. The Giants have not been 2-0 since 2016. Uh, they've had very little success, as you bo- both of us know. But, uh, I mean, their confidence level has got to be sky high. Daniel Jones, I don't think, had a really big game, but he didn't have a bad game either. And let's face it, uh, when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, that was a message loud and clear. It's a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. No question about it. That's probably the most important thing they learned this year, other than 
culture is who's going to be the quarterback. And Daniel, it's your opportunity, and we didn't draft you, so um, you know they're not telling them all this, but this is what they're saying in their statement: is you know go out there and prove it. This this can be your job. This could be your team. You have to go out and earn it. And when you do that, then we'll deal with the contract later. But we're not ready to commit to a contract with you now. And so we're going to let it play out during the year. I think it is interesting. Carolina um, had their moments against Cleveland, not, not all that clean. It's, it's, look, it's, it's a real challenge. It's, I think it's still going to be tough, but look, why not uh, get off the 2-0 start and confidence is staying at times. Uh, Baker Mayfield obviously looked at last week as a revenge game, not so much this week. But I, I uh, look, I look at the at the Giants as a team that not much is expected of them. So whatever they accomplish is gravy. Um, let me ask you this question: How long can the Cowboys go without Dak Prescott? I know Dr. Jerry Jones yesterday said, "Well, we're not going to put him on IR. Uh, we we think we can have him back in four weeks." Yeah, well, uh, Jerry's always trying to sell something, and and I think that in four weeks, it's you know, it's in another week, we you know, you can sell that. I think that's a lot of what Jerry does. Everything is is about a sales tone. That's why he's a really good, really good uh, manager. Uh, you know, sales person, I should say, uh, but not a not a general manager, not a not a football guy. I don't think they can go very far. They're not very good at, at quarterback without him. I think they've got some real deficiencies on the team and. I think it's going to be awfully tough for them to stay in the race. It's not a strong division, but I think Philadelphia has got a mm. really good opportunity to to take advantage of this. And if they don't, shame on them because I don't think the Cowboys are very good. And uh, if the if the Cowboys get back in this division race, what it tells me is that this division is every bit as bad as as it's been recently. And I still don't think anybody in this division is going to go very far. But the only team that really would have a chance would be Philly. Their roster is pretty good. It's yep. pretty deep, at least. Mm-hmm. Completely agrees. Chris Landry of uh, LandryFootball.com. Uh, curious matchups this week. Miami at Baltimore is curious to me because Miami last week took the Patriots apart. Uh, Tua had a solid game. Tyreek Hill made a nice debut. I'm happy because Tyreek Hill's on my fantasy team. So that, that works for me. Uh, the fact is, is that Tyreek Hill, and when everybody was saying, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't miss Tyreek Hill. Come on. That's nonsense. You know that. Well, they, they certainly, he's a, he's a big-time talent. The, the issue is not whether they wanted to keep him. It's just at what price and when you get good, it's tough to feed all those mouths. I mean, financially to pay them what they want. And that's why guys leave to go to get more money elsewhere because teams that are really good have dispersed their money in other areas and they can't just, you know, if they, if they kept Tyree kill, would they be better? Well, you can't just put that in a, in a, in a, you know, a vacuum because who else would they have lost had they had to allocate certain money to them? But they, they certainly, uh, you know, he's certainly a great talent. I, I think he can have a real impact with Miami, but only if they're able to protect well enough. So the key is he can't work the ball down the field vertically if you can't pass protect well enough. You know, we'll see how well they're able to do against good defensive fronts like this week. That's going to be the key. But I do like the weapons that Tua has, and it, and it certainly starts with with Tyreek Hill. But, but it's the, the fact that they've got three good guys that are really good 
um, that really makes you know Tyreek Hill that much more explosive. For the Chiefs, they're still really good. I mean, that it, it's not like that system makes it, but Juju Smith-Schuster and Valdez Scanling played very well last week. It's a long season. We'll see how it develops, but you know I think it's going to work out for both teams. Uh, Miami also has Jalen Waddle, who also had a solid game last week. Um, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Forget. I don't even want to talk about his contract. Because it's nothing I can fix. Uh, he, nothing he's going to fix right now. Because they're not going to talk about it until the end of the year. Fact of the matter is, now I realize that Baltimore played against the Jets. And Lamar Jackson took him apart with a couple of big throws. But Miami-Baltimore is, is a little bit more interesting. What Miami did to the Patriots last week did not surprise me. I'm not sold on the Patriots, Chris. I'll be honest with you. I think, to, to a degree, they're a little overrated. Well, the Patriots... I think they'll get better as the year goes along, but what does that really mean? I, I don't know that they're a playoff team. I, I think, you know, obviously it's going to have to come from a wild card spot. If they do, they've got some real holes. They don't have a ton of playmakers at receiver. They've got some big guys that can make plays, but if Mac Jones is not healthy, they don't protect him well enough. It's it's going to be a long season. Defensively, they'll get better and better. Um, so I wouldn't count them out as like a pushover type team. They don't play Miami very well. They haven't, um, and that's something. Uh, but I, listen, I don't think the Patriots are the team that you know, obviously they, they were where they were the, the favorites and the team to beat. That's that's over. Um, but I do think that they're a team that can be you know competitive, and I expect them to be at some point. I just don't think they're a team that they're a borderline playoff type team. And they've got some work to do. They need to keep the quarterback healthy and develop around him to take that next step. And I'm not quite sure they're there yet. Well, Mac Jones got banged around last week. I'm not sure what his status is. I haven't heard anything of you. He's got the, the back problem that is uh, they're working through it this week. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's certainly not going to be 100% back problems or definitely problematic so that's what he's dealing with right now well and then you got to face the Steelers after what they did to to uh to Cincinnati last week you got to like the Steelers chances to go 2-0 their defense proved last week they are for real their defense and now you know not having T.J. White hurts and it'll be you know, a little while for that. And, and I, I do think they obviously put a lot of focus on the Cincinnati game. The one thing I will say in, in general is, uh, and I do think Pittsburgh looks better than New England right now, but I, I, this is this is universal for a lot of games. Beware of the team that was embarrassed last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they usually, particularly in this league, respond very well. I think even in college you see that. So the team that's embarrassed, it very least i expect to play well now they may not be good enough to win games so i expect new england to play better maybe pittsburgh not as good um and you can go down the line i, mean, I expect green bay to rebound i mean i just think there's a lot of that that you know if you don't play well you play sloppy unforced errors expect that to be a reckoning and a switch around now if you just just a bad football team and you just get you know out man then then that's a different issue uh, you mentioned, interesting you mentioned Green Bay. They got Chicago this week, and the Bears coming off a win over San Francisco play a Green Bay team that there's a lot of talk going on. And, and Aaron Rodgers made some remarks about drop passes and so on. You wonder that what kind of an effect that will have on that locker room. Well, I think what it does with young guys, 
that can go both either way. I think it certainly challenges young guys. I, I don't like players doing that. I think that's for a coach to do, but Aaron kind of feels he's the spokesman for the team and the GM, the head coach, and the quarterback all rolled into one. Um, I think the players, if if they're not working really hard and they're not concentrating and they're not focused and they're trying to adjust to pro ball and, and they are, you know, need maybe to be called out, maybe somebody needs to call them out. Again, I don't think it's the quarterback publicly. Now, you can do it privately. I think that's fine. Yeah. But if they're working hard and they're doing good things, I think it puts a lot of pressure on them. I, I think with Aaron – I think it's Aaron has got to always make sure that everybody understands it's not his fault. And, you know, look, you don't need to tell everybody that they got drop balls. They are aware of it. I guess he's trying to reach the people that didn't watch the game and trying to let everybody know I'm still great, but, you know, I, it's, look, I've got these young guys. It's going to take time. It's, it's all about Aaron. It, it has been, and, and it'll continue to be. And like, I think with that is, the biggest issue that I had with how bad their defense played. I mean, that's that's a defense that I think has some talent to play better, and they did a very poor job. I'm I'm very surprised Joe Barry didn't didn't have those guys ready to play on that side of the ball. Look for the Packers, the one Super Bowl that Aaron Rodgers was able to be part of as a winning team, Super Bowl team. They had a good running game and a good defense, and and Aaron Rodgers doing it kind of like the hero way is going to get you to the playoffs but not through the playoffs and it's got them to conference championship games but the teams are not good enough and a lot of it is Aaron wants to do it his way they've got to stay more committed to the running game and it's going to help these young receivers it's going to help that defense but if it doesn't make Aaron shine Aaron ain't going to be all that happy with that because again it's all about Aaron Hey, Chris, uh, we talked about the Giants and the Titans game last week. Titans now coming off a loss. It doesn't get any better. They go into Buffalo, who's had the extra days off because they played on a Thursday last week. This Buffalo Bills team, by many people's estimation, is the team to beat in the NFL, not just the AFC. Would you agree? Buffalo, I think, is the team to beat. Um, I think the roster is... Probably the best in the league. And I say probably because I think there are a couple that are closer, but I, I would put them number one. Um, and, and I like their chances and to have home field advantage. I think they're in a more manageable division than, say, the winner that comes out of the AFC West because the other contenders, I would say, would be Kansas City and the Chargers, who we've talked about in playing Thursday night. But that's a much more difficult, you know, path to get through in the West. So you got to play tougher games, just tougher schedule. But I will say this, this as it relates to this week's game only. Titans would be under one of those teams that were kind of embarrassed last week. They did not play well. They're going on the road, and, and they've played well against Buffalo recently, but it's usually been in Nashville. Can Buffalo defend a good running game? I mean, is Tennessee going to have the running game sharpened this week? Because they're gonna they're gonna need to run it. They're gonna have to run it. Because if they get in a shootout, then Buffalo will blow them out. But they have had success against Buffalo, and they're an embarrassed team. So this is one I would say, folks, I get it. I would not pick against the Buffalo Bills because they're really good. But I don't know that I would jump all over going with Buffalo and laying points and all that. Because I just think you're dealing with a team that has matched up well against Buffalo and is embarrassed. So. 
Let's see what you got, Tennessee. I, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I kind of know how I see these teams long-term this year. But in a one-game situation, this might be interesting. If it was in Nashville, I think it'd really be interesting. But if Buffalo was not what I would call complete, was kind of sloppy in the first half last week against the Rams, but they played really well down the stretch. And look, if if, if the Titans can't get pressure on Josh Allen and, and they start scoring points early, it'll be a long night for Tennessee on the road. I will say this, and let's not forget that Buffalo's seasons the last two years have been ended by Kansas City, one in an AFC championship game. So there's a little, uh, you know, we we, we got to get even with you for what you've done to us the last two years. Yeah, and look, the best way to do it is, you know, I mean, it helps that that game's not in Kansas City and it's in Orchard Park. So, look, I, you know, I, I think that's a big part of it, and I think that's why Buffalo, with their roster, and again, no easy schedule it's not an easy schedule there's no such thing in the league but it is not as difficult a division and you know so certainly you know winning there and maybe winning a game at home like this it it might be the difference between home field or or not at the end of the year and that that's a that's a huge difference if they who knows what would have happened um if they win that game maybe they got a better shot against the rams i mean we don't know we can't replay it we'll never know we can speculate, but what you have to do is you have to take care of business in your division, win your division, obviously have sights on home field, um, and you, you get the number one seed and a buy in home field, then you've set yourself up, not for anything that's guaranteed or given to you, but you've put yourself in the best position to have postseason success, and somebody's got to come in and beat you in your place, and that's what you want to have, and so... These games, as you develop during the year, um, they, they, they determine that. The other thing I'd say just in general about the league, and, and I did put something on LandryFootball.com before week one's games, and it was don't overreact to week one, folks. One of the things that really happens, you don't really know your teams as well as you used to, meaning the team that you're coaching. You don't hit in the offseason. You don't tackle. You don't do the physical stuff. So it takes a good four games to really start to settle in. So when you're looking out there and you're saying, this team's awful, this team's great, hold on there, okay? Let's let's let this settle a little bit. And look, you, you need to you can't you can't go one and three and you know uh, or, or zero and four and expect to hang in the playoff race. But I don't think we're going to know these teams to things settle a little bit. It, it's not the same and. What does translate well to off-season work is the passing game, the sharpness, those things. But the physical part, taking on blocks, covering on special teams, the running game. How the heck are you going to begin the running game if you don't run? You don't put the pads on. You don't hit. So nobody really does that very well. So universally, it's not as good as you would like. Now, how does it translate? Well, somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose every week well we had a couple of ties you know so you can get a tie but you know what i mean it's it's a it's a work in progress and and because of the fact that you don't hit and now guys don't play much in preseason i mean you can look at the sloppy play even the quarterback play you can tell who played in preseason and who didn't because even in some of the wins some of the play was really poor all around the league and i think that's a direct reflection of that Mm mm-hmm He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Before I let you go, uh, last week I had Warren Moon on the podcast, 
and we talked about Russell Wilson's reception that he would get in Seattle. Moon felt that he should get a positive reception because of all he's done for the franchise in the city. Tyler Lockett, uh, last week late before the game, said that he should be cheered. Well, he wasn't. Uh, he was roundly booed. Now, I don't know the, the, the reasons why he left Seattle. You probably can fill in that blank. But I, I thought it was really poor of the Seattle fans to, uh, to boo him the way, the way they did last week. And uh, after what he's done, I thought that was terrible. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, fans are going to be fans and do what they want to do. And you get, you know, inebriated, you left and, you know, you know, fans are fans. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't pay much attention to it, but your point is well taken. Um, and, and I think one point in a lot of respect, what, what happened simply was <clears throat> Russell Wilson, who is a really good quarterback and excelled in Seattle when that defense was really good and they could run the football well. Russell Wilson really was good. And he made plays in the passing game, particularly in crunch moments. You know, there are times where Russell would be, you know, six for 18, and then, but yet in the fourth quarter, he'd lead them on a drive and he'd go eight for eight, and, and he, was, he was money. But the issue with Russell is Russell sees himself, and he's been paid like it, as one of the elite quarterbacks that can carry a team. And so he wanted the Seattle offense to run through him. He wanted the team to run through him. Look, we just discussed it. Aaron Rodgers, a much better quarterback than Russell Wilson. But even they haven't reached it because they don't focus enough on the pieces around them. And Seattle, while I don't think, despite the fact that they won last week, are going to be anywhere near as good without Russell Wilson, they also weren't real contenders with Russell Wilson either because that team's not good enough around. And if you're going to put all that money in a quarterback, he darn well better be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, or even Aaron Rodgers. You, in my mind, you don't want to do that. Now in, in Denver, that's a good roster. They can win in Denver. He can have success in Denver because the talent around him is good enough. But in Seattle, you know, he wanted, you know, the whole thing, let Russ cook and all that, whatever, how they said all that stuff. It was, that's the way of saying, let Russ take over. Well, guess what? You're not a get on my back type, you know, for four quarters, run the whole offense through me type of quarterback. Very, very good quarterback. Very good. And at times in crunch moments, great. And the best at scrambling and picking up yards without getting hit. He is outstanding. I love him, and I love him in Denver. I loved him in Seattle when that team was really good around him. But you put him where, you know, you're trying to run everything through him. It's not going to be as successful. So that's the reason for the breakup. Seattle felt, look, look, we're not going to commit that type of money, nor are we going to – we need to build the defense back and the running game back. Well, he wants it all – we're living in a world now where these guys want it to be all about them. You know, Aaron Rodgers is that way. And you know, and so, I, look, Brady says, you know, I'm going to Tampa. They're good. You know, I'm not going to, you know, Detroit. You know, I'm not going to the Jets. I'm, I'm going, you know, so I, I think some guys get it. Some guys' egos want to win where they get all the credit. And I, I think that sometimes is a problem. And I think that it was for Russell. And that's the reason for the breakup. And, I don't know that it's going to do Seattle much good because they're not as good without him. 
but they got to rebuild. They got to find a quarterback for the future because it's not Geno Smith long term. Right. I don't think it's Drew Locke long term. But they got to build that roster because with Russell Wilson and all that money, they weren't good enough to even make a run at it in that division. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens as it relates to Lamar Jackson, who's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson what he's going to wind up getting. But that's a subject for another day. Chris, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for the insight, and you stay safe. You do the same, Howard. Take care, buddy. Talk soon. He's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Does a great job analyzing the pro game and the college game, too. If Lamar Jackson isn't worth significantly more than Russell Wilson, but, you know, Baltimore may not want to give him. I mean, if he turned down $200 million and 140 of it was guaranteed, where's the ceiling? He's a young guy. Got a lot of football left in him. Oh, by the way, before I go, I read something, and it wasn't even in the sports page. It was in the news section. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen, his wife, she didn't want him to play football this year. He got the itch. And he had to scratch it. Rather than stay home with his young kids, he decided, I want to go play football for one more year. Is it one more year? What happens if he decides to play next year? Is she going to leave him? I mean, it's, it's gossip stuff. I don't really enjoy that that much. But Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen got to work it out. It's their problem. Not yours and not mine. Is Tom Brady good enough? To lead Tampa Bay to the playoffs? Absolutely. Beyond that, we'll see. I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live, and you stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.